This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back to the second hour of Vancouver Consumer here on CKNW. I'm Sterling Fox, and in just a few moments, John Carlson will return with a fresh Vancouver Market real estate update and lots more on the 1% Realty Story. But first, here are some more of the top consumer stories we're following this week. With the G7 Summit here in Canada this weekend and all the chatter about tariffs and trade balances, it was helpful this week when Statistics Canada gave us some real facts to consider and here's number one. Canada's exports hit an all-time high in April, helping to narrow our overall trade deficit with the rest of the world to a six-month low. In April, we exported 48 billion worth of goods and products, and that's the sixth increase in seven months. Of course, the other side of that coin was imports, and in April, our imports were $50.5 billion. So do the math, and there we have an actual trade gap of $1.9 billion in April. Those are the real numbers, despite what you may have heard elsewhere. The downside to this, as one BMO analyst put it, is the likelihood of an interest rate increase in July is now almost 100%. Combine that with new tariffs and we have predictions for a rougher ride for exporters over the summer, but at least now you know the numbers. If you're one of many hoping to be able to use the new foot passenger ferry service from Vancouver Harbor to downtown Nanaimo this summer, you're Plans need to be kept on hold a little longer. Island Ferry Services, based in Victoria, says the number of regulatory hurdles it still has to clear are making a summer season less likely adding on its Facebook page how extremely disappointed they are. The regulators in both ports are demanding more paperwork. This project represents up to 150 jobs, mostly on the island. The two new catamarans, which will provide the passenger service, are being built in Singapore at a cost of $20 million each and are almost ready to go. We'll keep you posted on this story. Now, here's one that I'm looking forward to asking our guest John Carlson about. A California real estate company has published a list of the four dumbest reasons people don't sell their homes. And they are, one, pricing a home based on feelings or emotions rather than data. Two, keeping all your stuff in your house and creating clutter. Three, not bothering to spruce up your place. And four, using lackluster listing photos. Now, if all those seem incredibly obvious to you, you're not alone. But the realtors say they're still amazed at how many would-be sellers make those mistakes. John will have a go at this story in just a few minutes. Big cannabis vote in the Senate this week, and as legislation moves forward, there's a new survey from Deloitte taken just a few weeks ago that suggests two-thirds of Canadians will move to legal retailers once the law is proclaimed sometime this fall. Interestingly, those same folks who said they would switch to legal sellers also said they expect to buy cannabis more often and they are willing to pay a bit more for the product too. But what about the one-third who didn't agree? Well, pricing is their issue. They say if pot goes above $14 a gram, they'll stick to their dealers. Even 11 or 12 bucks a gram is iffy for some. Here's the conclusion of Deloitte's survey. 
legalization alone won't persuade most current cannabis consumers to completely abandon their existing suppliers, the report says. But the research suggests the right mix of quality, price, and safety could just do the trick. Those are some of the week's top consumer stories. We'll look at a few more later in the hour. Stay with us because right after the break, John Carlson is here with all the latest Vancouver numbers for you, along with more on the 1% Realty Story. This is Vancouver Consumer, and you are on 980 CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. Sterling Fox joined in studio by John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation from 1% Realty. Welcome back. Hello, John. Hey, Sterling. Good to see you again. Good to see you, too. Now, we had a little, a little fun with this last time you were with us because, of course, there's a guy on the Washington Capitals, name exactly, spelled exactly the same way as yours. And so now there's a John Carlson on the Stanley Cup. How do you like that? I love it. That'll be coming you know, soon. I'm excited about that. I just, with the same name, I'm trying to access his bank account, but... Mm. It's, it's not getting anywhere. Well, yet. he's a free agent in a couple of weeks, too. His bank account's going to be pretty envious He'll be doing okay. in a few short weeks. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to see you. We're in early June. Uh, last time you were with us, uh, we were uh, sort of uh, late in May, and uh, we didn't have the May final numbers, the, the real estate sort of map out what's, what, what was May like in Vancouver as we turned the corner and, and rolled through June. Well, now that we're into June, of course, the, the May statistics have come out for the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley Board. And really, they show kind of what I expected, a, a continuing of a bit of a slowdown from our peak crazy times uh, at the end of last year. When you look at the various segments, the higher end market segments tend to be the ones that are lagging the most, right. detached housing segments, particularly the higher end. And you know we can talk about that. That has a lot to do with access to funds and the new stress test and that sort of thing. Sure. Whereas condos and townhomes or affordable houses further out towards the valley tend to be faring a little bit better, but the overall market uh, would suggest that we're down in terms of activity somewhere between 30 and 40% in some of these segments compared to last year at this time. Okay. And under the 10-year average in terms of performance and sales in various segments throughout that time. So I think we're seeing... Uh, with the stress test and the interest rates bumped up a little bit, the access to funds are a little bit more limited. So the average buyer who may have needed a household income of $100,000, let's say, to buy the property they wanted, this year they might need one hundred thirty dollars or $140,000 right, income yeah. to qualify for the same amount of mortgage money. Uh, on top of that, I think we have you know some other provincial changes that have happened and the confidence in the market uh, has changed from a situation where, you know, I think last year a buyer's mindset was, if I don't buy today, I'm going to pay more tomorrow. So the old it. fear of missing out. That's right? right. I'm throwing what I got at it. Whereas now, I think people have a you know buyers have a chance to look at a few more listings. The inventory's built up a little bit in some segments. Maybe take their time a little bit more. Maybe negotiate price. So we're seeing a, a more relaxed market, and I really think you know that that's as intended. That's the intended consequences of these measures that were introduced. I think it's good for the long-term health of the market. And it gives buyers a little bit more leeway. And we're going to see how the rest of the market shakes out. Having said that, it's still a healthy market and yeah. good homes are still selling. Right. Well, of course, it's still Vancouver. It's still high demand. And we're still looking at the uh, ultimate basic law of supply and demand. And I think the demand is at least equal to the supply, uh, whereas in maybe over the past couple of years, the demand has been much higher than the supply. So as you say, it's balancing itself out a little better, isn't it? It is. And, and I think that, you know, I don't agree with the thought that some people t- put out there that the market's going off a cliff now and here's the, the bubble bursting. As you mentioned, there's a lot of upward pressure in the market, n- new people coming to the sure, area, yeah. young buyers trying to find areas to afford. I mean, population's growing and this is still a very desirable space. But 
compared to the all-time frantic highs, that edge has come off. And this is not the same market that you know we were in in September and October. This is a new market. So again, I would suggest that if you're looking to sell, that's another good reason to have an agent uh, maybe represent you and give you good advice about pricing because you know a good agent who knows the market is going to be able to tell you what's going on today. I don't know uh, how these uh, these terms apply, John, so you can help me perhaps. Uh, with these with the balancing to use your word of the market are are we now in a buyer's market or a seller's market or is it just a balanced market well i think and again i don't have the stats in front of me but the detached housing market has entered an area where it is starting to enter buyer's market territory okay um and that usually would result in prices maybe softening a little bit although that hasn't been seen yet in the sale prices up to date right i think it's a trend though that things might be softening so a little bit more of a buyer's market absolutely Okay, but uh, in terms of um, uh, less frantic, perhaps that's that's a desirable thing. I mean, we've been through some pretty some pretty crazy times in real estate in this city for the past several years, and the fact that it may not be quite as insane this summer, John, is not an altogether bad thing. No, not altogether bad. Of course, sellers always want to maximize the sale price, oh, and, and I deal with a lot of sellers. So when we sit down to talk about market evaluations right now, I always preface it by telling people, you know, I'm just one person. I'm not the market. I don't decide what homes sell for. But again, a good agent who knows the market well enough should be able to help you position properly and maybe come up with a strategy on how to price and how to look at offers and all that sort of thing. So again, if people want to go to my website, they can take a look and and see some of that information. But uh, I would encourage anyone who is uh, thinking of selling to maybe check out my website and give me a call. I'd, I'd like to draw your attention to that story I used at the beginning of the show. It was a story from California. Yes. And, and I said you'd probably want to have a good go at this. But it, it was a big L.A.-based California real estate company, John. And they've compiled a very short list of the dumbest things people do to, frankly, not sell their houses. And the number one dumbest thing people do is pricing a home based on feelings or emotions rather than on data. And that's 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 really a golden rule, isn't it? You can't. I mean, it's your house. You've probably lived there forever in a day. You're deeply emotionally attached to it. It's 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 a a bad thing when it comes to putting a price tag that the market will recognize as uh, a good one. Well, yeah, I think you know. And when people have a home and their property, they're like you say, emotionally attached. Oh, to you it. bet. I would be the same way. And uh, sometimes it's human nature to remember the all-time highs, like maybe my neighbor sold in September for this amount. And, uh, and, and I, I never blame anybody for wanting to get top dollar for their property. Sure. But as you uh, mentioned, it can be a mistake to ignore the evidence and price it too high because most buyers are comparison shoppers. And when there are other products on the market that they can choose, just like any product, you go to buy a set of tires or a shirt or a pair of shoes or a car, you're probably looking at all of your options Absolutely. and then deciding what works for you and then making a value judgment. Mm-hmm. Hey, I like it. Is it a good value? If it is, I'm ready to proceed. If it's not, I'm likely to wait for the next you know, one that, that suits me. So uh, pricing the home properly is obviously key. And if someone were to you know, price it much too high, that kind of takes all the wind out of the sales of the marketing that you do and, and generally leaves you to a place where you don't sell. Exactly. And now the, uh, let me go through the rest of the list. There were only four items on the list, John. That, that of course, pricing, accurate and an appropriate pricing has to be item number one. And it seems to be one that the, the company used the word amazed at how frequently they see people doing this while trying to sell their homes. Number two, keeping all your stuff in your 
your house and creating clutter. It makes the house look smaller than it is, among other things. You do want to prepare for the market. I liken it to uh, you know going to a dance. You're probably going to comb your hair, get a haircut, make sure you're nice and clean, wearing your best shirt, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, you want to get picked. And you know to be uh, showing your best and putting your best foot forward on the market in a competitive environment makes absolute sense. So not everybody can do it. It's a free country. Do what you like when you sell your home. But if you want to maximize it, I would suggest that report is correct. Yes. And put your best foot forward and polish it up. Well, and number three, of course, is uh, not bothering to spruce up the place. Get that haircut. Give your house the, the one over that it needs. Spiff it up, for crying out loud. And four... Using lackluster listing photos. Now, this seems to be as plain as the nose on your face. Why would you do yourself the disservice of showing your home to the marketplace poorly? But apparently, lots of DIYers, do-it-yourselfers, John, seem to think, oh, we'll just we'll take a picture and put it out on the Internet and people will buy it. Well, in the age of uh, the Internet, of course, it's very visual. And a picture tells a thousand words or, or something that old, that old adage is definitely true. Mm-hmm. So it makes a lot of sense. When I take a listing, sometimes I get this question, oh, because you're 1% realty, John, you don't charge as much. Do you just whip out your cell phone and snap a couple pictures and yeah. post them? <laughs> right, right. No, we've got professional photographer, uh, you know, 3D virtual tours, professional marketing, and all that stuff is really important because, again, when you're putting yourself out there to be judged by the market, which is what you're doing, yeah. you should make sure you're prepared and you come in strong. Right. Oh, and again, these are, uh, this, this is a, a company that deals with uh, Los Angeles area. They do uh, thousands of properties a year and they use the word amazed that they are, that they see these mistakes so frequently. So this is again, more reason to have an experienced realtor in your corner, a person who can guide you through the maze of selling, uh, your home successfully to your advantage and close as close to the price you had hoped for as the market will bear. Yes. And it, it kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about today in that, um, you know, some of the myths about 1% realty uh-huh. or some of the myths out there about, about the real estate market. And, and some of these examples you're giving, I'm sure they're all different kind of agencies, but I want to suggest to people that the performance of the agent you hire and the quality of the marketing you get doesn't necessarily have to correlate to what commission you pay. And that's kind of what I want to get into today. I want to bust some myths about 1% realty. Let's make this a MythBuster show. Okay. And talk about maybe some of the misconceptions out there. And I'd like to clear it up so people can maybe go to my website and give me a call and we can talk about this further. All right. Johnny1% is the website, johnny1percent.com to be specific. And the phone number as well is 604-612-0080. So for 612-0080. So... Myth number one, Mr. John Carlson, the one that people come at you with the most. This is the biggest one that I get. And it's funny, the other night I had some dinner with some people and we talked about real estate and they said, gee, John, why do people even list with other companies if what you do is so effective and saves the money? And I thought, you know, that's a great question. Sure. And it got me to thinking, what are the conceptions out there? What are the preconceptions some people hold about my company? 1% Realty. The first and the biggest one, and I get this all the time, Sterling, is people say, you know, I heard from so-and-so that... If I list with you, John, or if I list with 1% Realty, that the other agents won't support my listing, or maybe they won't show my listing, and I will sit there and and just be uh, an island unto myself with everybody running around me selling every other house in the neighborhood. So the biggest one I get is that 
the biggest misconception about 1% Realty is that other agents won't show the listing. Right, right. And, and, and people would, would, would assume that because the other agents would be in line to receive possibly less commission and therefore wouldn't be as motivated as they might be under other circumstances. Correct. I think that's the assumption. And, and a couple things I'd like to say about that. First of all, at 1% Realty, of course, I charge less commission when I take a listing than some of the other agencies. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to say right now there are no set rates but it's very common that a company may charge 7% of the first 100000 of the sale price and 2.5% of the balance. Sure. So that's something I'm going to relate to you know, and, and do some comparison that way. However, there's all kinds of other business models. I often see foreclosures from the banks that, that offer less commission than that or mm-hmm. some of the new developments, and there are other companies out there. So again, no set rates, but what I do at 1% Realty, any property up to 700000 is a flat fee of seventy nine fifty. Over 700000 it's 1% plus nine fifty. And I also offer very affordable packages for $950. We'll do 3D modeling of the house. We'll do uh, social media campaigns, radio announcements, which we're going to do a little bit later. Okay. So I try to save people money. But let's go back to this misconception that agents might not be as excited to show properties. I would not argue that a realtor, hardworking real estate agent, wants to make money. Sure. But I would also suggest there's two things that, that, that that would kind of put this one to rest. First of all, let's think about this practically. In the real estate industry, real estate agents are no longer the gatekeepers of information. Buyers have access to all of that information and all of the listings, and it's quite easy to go on your cell phone or your laptop or your pad, whatever it might be, set yourself up to receive all the listings in the area, get real-time information, That's photos, right. tours. So buyers know where the listings are. And in my experience, buyers don't generally look and see what a, what a commission is. They want to know what the price of the house is and what the amenities and the features. So the marketing is great, the photos and all that sort of stuff we talked about. But the commission does not draw the buyer directly. Right. The second thing that I want to put to people is they need to understand that when a real estate agent is working with you and showing you homes, there is a relationship there. The agency relationship is a fiduciary relationship, meaning the agent has a responsibility to show all available properties that may meet their client's interest. Sure. And I'm happy to say that the real estate industry is full of ethical real estate agents who understand the agency relationship and they will show homes that meet their meet their their clients interests so as a result my listings when i look at the homes that i've sold in the 8 years i've been at 1% realty probably at least 5 or 600 listings sold in that time about 90 some odd percent of my listings are sold by other companies the same as any other company so my stats are exactly the same so just think about this people if you're thinking of listing with 1% realty know that other agents show the property, their clients want to see it, and I'll make it available to them. Okay, so uh, and that's an important one uh, to recognize as well, friends, the fact that um, the, 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 the other agents, and John, uh, hundreds and hundreds of homes, uh, and participation in those sales had to come from other agents of many other different companies. They all play on the same field and get the job done. Absolutely, and everybody needs also remember that a listing, uh, the terms are negotiable. And I'll talk about this maybe after the break, but sometimes when other agents bring offers on my listings, they ask for the commission to be increased to them. Nothing unethical about that. Everything is negotiable. But oftentimes my sellers say, John, I hired you for this purpose. What can we do about that? And quite frankly, give me a call. Go to my website. We'll talk about this. But when offers come, my job is to get you the best price and terms while also saving you as much money as possible. And you as a seller are in the driver's seat And uh, there's lots of ways to make sure that you get top value, and that's what I provide to people. John Carlson, 1% Realty, with us on Vancouver Consumer. Lots more ahead, including more myth-busting after the news.
Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox. In studio with me, John Carlson from 1% Realty. And busting a few myths this afternoon, John. One of why which, uh, Absolutely. Why not? And one of which, uh, the biggest one that you hear most frequently, is that people were concerned that agents from other companies wouldn't be interested or as motivated right. as they should be to sell their homes. And by, before we move on to the next myth to bust, you have a, a very recent example of, of participation of from another agent from another company. Well, and this is how it, it generally works. Um, and I want to give a good shout out to Donna and Steve. I uh, just worked with them. I met them. They called me from the radio show actually back, I think it was in January. And this was an estate sale property and we discussed pricing and all that sort of stuff. Well, finally, when they were ready to sell just a few weeks ago, we updated the evaluation. We put a house on the market in Burnaby on Watling Street, listed it around the $1.8 million range. And we had showings right away, and I'm happy to say that just yesterday we took the deposit. Another agent, thank you very much for bringing the offer to another company, uh, you know, in a range the price ways that, that, that made the sellers quite happy. Right. Uh, and compared to what some other agents were quoting them in terms of commissions, uh, and they sold within a week or two, uh, the savings is somewhere in the neighborhood of $30,000 wow. in their pocket compared to what some other agents charge. Now, again, I would never... Uh, try to put down what other agents charge. There are all kinds of business models out there. Sure. And that's wonderful. All I'm saying is what I do is I provide full service and a, a, a great level of expertise. And I'm straightforward and I give the best advice I can to clients. And in the end, the buyers uh, appear. And I just want to congratulate Donna and Steve and say thank you for choosing to work with me. And I'm glad that you were happy. And I'm glad I was able to put a little more money in your pocket compared to some of the other other and, options. And uh, Ben and I would like to thank Donna and Steve for listening to the program because that's uh, where it all began for them, hearing you on the radio going, well, there's a guy we should probably talk to for crying out loud. They did. And to everyone's advantage, to the tune of 30000 uh, a savings uh, in commission. 604-612-0080 is the number for John Carlson. Give me a few more minutes with him before you you try to reach him. But 604 612 Zero zero eight zero. Your direct line to John Carlson. The website is Johnny One Percent dot com, and all of the contact information. If you're driving and didn't get a chance to write down that phone number, it's right there at Johnny One Percent dot com. Back to the list yes. of myths, Mister Carlson. Number two on the list, and again, I get these all the time. So uh, people might suggest to me, John, you know, we've heard that One Percent Realtor agents are not very good agents, and that's why they work for less money. And it, you know, I can see it on one level. I mean, if, if you could work at one of these bigger companies and charge bigger commissions, then maybe you're just a better agent. And if you can't justify those commissions, maybe you, you know, you slip down to a little company like mine and you kind of just, what was that one caller that said, you just wait to collect your small paycheck? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That we had. So this is a great big myth. And I want to just bust this one right wide open and, and, and suggest to the listeners here that the amount of commission that an agent charges is not necessarily reflective of that agent's skill level, expertise, or marketing that they're going to do. Right. For instance, I was at these other companies for years, lots of great agents at these companies, but I do remember going to the training. And, you know, one of the first things that I was told was, you know, Johnny, you're a new realtor and, you know, here's how we do business and here's our marketing strengths and here's our commission structure. Right. It's set by the company. Nothing wrong with that. Sure. The broker or the agent says, the broker says, here's how we work people. And so I might be wet behind my ears with zero sales under my belt and, and running back to my manager for advice at every step of the process and nothing wrong with that. New agents, go th- we all go through that. Sure. But I'd come and I might say, this is what we charge. Now, 
nothing wrong with newer agents or less experienced agents. But what I'm suggesting is the amount of commission charged does not necessarily equate to the service and results you're going to get. And when I left uh, the company I was at in 2010 and came to 1% Realty, I knew that people wanted better value, but I also knew they didn't want a bad product. Right. You know, it would make no sense to pay an agent less money if you had a poor agent who was going to cost you money in the sale. would make no sense. So what I decided was I was going to continue to provide the best service I could. I was not going to cut corners. I was doing all the marketing that I could. And because I do such a large volume, it's not a problem for me. It's quite easy for me to do that. So I just want to suggest to people that if you hear that 1% agents are, are, are not good and that's why they charge less, just think of this. I made a business decision in 2010 and as a result of that decision, I am repeatedly thrown referrals from past clients and right. family members, and I'm, I'm busy. So it's a business decision that I make. I do well, and I do not have to cut corners, and I provide full service. And I think that when you look at the level of sales that I do year after year, uh, I think there's somewhere in the neighborhood of five or 600 listings that I've sold since coming to 1% Realty in 2010. I'm able to provide some really good expertise to people, and I'll suggest to you that you can do that for a reasonable cost without maybe having to charge the kind of commissions that some other companies do. I want, and speaking of volume, friends, you need to know, because he's not going to brag about it, he's a modest sort of busy guy, but Mr. Carlson is a member of the President's Club, and that means he is among the top 1% of realtors in uh, Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. And that's not the first, last, this is last year you made the President's Club again. This was not your first appearance in the, in the President's Club. So he's a hardworking guy who works hard for his clients and deservedly uh, uh, is, is awarded the, uh, the recognition of membership in the President's Club. And you know, there's a lot of other good agents at my company as well. It's not just me. I just was working with a client, Rosie Binstead in Chilliwack. Great agent. What a great lady. If you're out in that area, I highly recommend you look her up. Uh, I had clients I sold in Maple Ridge, and they went and bought through her. So there's a whole network of good 1% realty agents who can provide great value for you. And if you're in, I, I love to work Maple Ridge, Pitt Meadows, Mission, Coquitlam Port, Coquitlam Port, Moody. I've got a new listing in Anmore we're going to talk about. Okay. And some of these other outlying areas that are a bit far from me, I bring on a partner. So if you're thinking of selling your home and you want really good representation, but maybe you're not sure about uh, paying 7% of the first 100000 and half of the balance, if that's what you've been quoted, I'm a great option for you. So go to my website or give me a call. Okay, johnny1percent.com. And the number again, 604-612-0080. Um, we're on myth number three, John Carlson. Uh, I know it's not a long list, but these are this is what you come up against. Yes. Virtually every time. So some of your list, people listening to us right now, right. Like, like Donna and Steve did, uh, I, I, we should call that guy. We should get him over here, invite him over for coffee and have a chat. Right. And one of the things, or all of the things that are on your myth list today are actual things that people say to you virtually every time they meet you. Correct. These are things I hear all the time, and that's why I thought it would make sense to address it out and just put it out there for everybody. So what's number three? Myth number three has to do with, it, and I think that I can understand the thought process here. People think, or sometimes they're told, if you list with 1% realty, you just never know what you're not getting. In other words, less commission necessarily equals less service. Mm -hmm. And what is it exactly that you're cutting out? So I want to assure people that at least when you're working with me, that when you know I list and I put my properties on MLS and they go out on all the realtor.ca websites and all that sort of stuff, 
Uh, I have a, a, photo, a, a marketing department that works with me, and we do social media campaigns. We want to say, hey, guess what? We've got a great open house coming up on Sunday. We put it out to thousands of people in the local area. We run our 3D tours and all that sort of thing. Right. Uh, you get open houses when you work with me. You get great representation. So, again, I just want to suggest that simply because a guy like me or somebody else at my company has made a business decision to offer better value than the majority of our competitors mm. when it comes to selling your home, again, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not getting what you might get with another company. You were talking at the start of the show about how in California, one of the big sins and reasons people don't sell their house is they've got very poor photos. Exactly. I've seen that on all kinds of listings from co- other companies, this company, that company. It's all over there. So you're really looking at the truth in the, in the real estate industry is, I think there's a, 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 a range of expertise levels and professionalism levels, just like in any industry. Sure. There are the most uh, professional and the most productive agents, and then there are some that are still kind of learning. So mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily run with a company or 1% realty uh, means you're going to get less. Again, when I made my decision to come here, I said, you know, darn it, I'm going to give people better value, but I'm not going to cut my services. Right. And that's the key to my success. Okay. And uh, as far as, and you, you can understand the, the way people think though, when they ask, what am I not getting here? And it's just because we're sort of, we're, we're sort of wired that way, aren't we, John? If we're paying less, then darn it, somewhere along the way, we're getting less. And, and that's just, it's in the DNA. So you have to talk people through that, don't you? You do. And, and it's totally understandable because in a lot of industries, I mean, margins are relatively slight. Sure. So there's only so much you can do to be competitive on price without starting to sacrifice the product, I suppose. So right. a lot of industries are that way. But think about real estate. Uh, for instance, the, the property I mentioned out in Burnaby, they had been quoted, you know, commission ranges up into the, you know, $50,000 range for this property. And if I can do it in the $20,000 range, uh, there's still a pretty good paycheck to be made there. Well, sure. And a good agent can make money. So I'm doing well. I don't have to cut corners. Um, and I just, you know, of course, want people to know that I understand that kind of thought. Like, gee, if I'm paying less, I'm getting less. But think about the margins. Think about, you know, where commissions have gone in the last 10 years and prices have gone. And then ask yourself, is there room in there for somebody to do just as good a job and charge less? The answer is yes. Absolutely. And of course, it's all about experience. You're a busy guy. You've sold over a thousand homes, many hundreds of homes since joining 1% back in 2010. You're a very busy guy, and that level of activity keeps you so connected on a daily, if not hourly, basis to the marketplace. You know, if you're selling homes all the time, some real estate agents will sell two or three homes a year. And if they sell the right two or three, it's a pretty sweet year. But you're not that kind of guy. You don't sell $50 million homes in West Van. You're a busy guy with a lot of more, shall we say, um, approachably priced properties around Metro Vancouver and particularly the Fraser Valley. True. Uh, you know, I think I work for a lot of young families and to people to whom, you know, an extra ten or twenty or $30,000 is really important. Yeah. Of course, I'm open to working with absolutely everyone, so anybody can go to my website or give me a call. But uh, just along those lines, maybe may I announce a couple of new listings that I have? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, you bet. Okay, thank you. First of all, I want to mention this is going to be an open house on Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m., this is an amazing property in Anmore, just, just on the northern edge of, of Port Moody. Uh, the address is 146 Dogwood Drive. It's Dogwood Estates. It's a private little enclave of higher-end homes. This, if you're looking to downsize maybe, and, well, it's still a big house, 1,800-square-foot rancher with a full basement, 
But this is a newer home on a park-like setting on a quiet street that you just feel like you're up in Whistler when you're in this home. Okay. Just a gorgeous home. The list price is one point nine eight eight. Uh, again, 16,000-square-foot uh, 16, lot, great big rancher with a full basement, media rooms, pool table rooms. Outside, we've got a, a professional pizza oven and a covered deck overlooking the park. It's, it's amazing. So come and see me on Sunday. I also have another new listing at 2020 Arbory. And now, this is out in central Coquitlam, not far from Mundy Park. Okay. The list price on this one is 1348000 It's an 8,500-square-foot lot, 1970-ish era home that's been renovated, new roof, windows, vault ceiling, hardwood floors, a big basement, easy to suite. And the neighborhood is just such a sweetheart. It's landscape front and back. You drive by this home. 2020 Arbory, you can tell how it looks inside by how nice it looks outside. Right. By the way, go to my website, johnny1percent.com, and you can walk through these listings virtually. We've got them 3D mapped. So if you want to see the house, go to my site, walk right through it from the comfort of your own home. And, and of course, uh, and many times, I'm sure, John, that's what gets people off the couch. You, you take a look at the virtual tour and, and you go, oh, my. This is really close to what we've been looking for. We better go have a look in person. Nice video, but wow, let's go see it. Absolutely. And and then so those are a little over a million to two million dollar homes. Right. So those are wonderful. I love working with these kind of sellers. On the more affordable end, I've got a hot new listing. I just took it yesterday. Brand spanking new. The deal just completed the very next day these people listed. So there's no GST, but it's a brand new ground level condo. The address is number one oh seven two three nine three Ranger Lane. And uh, this is a fantastic ground level. It's about 900 square feet, two bedrooms. But the really cool thing is you don't even need to use the hallways or the elevator. It's got a really large garden with a private access along the back. Oh, So okay. for people who like to, you know, they have their pets or they like to go for walks or they like to feel a little bit more like they're in a house, not in a condo, this one's perfect. The list price is six nineteen nine, and I'm going to hold this one open house. I'm going to do an evening open house. And so where's this, Ranger Lane? What part of town? Ranger Lane is Port Coquitlam. Okay. Yeah, Port Coquitlam. And uh, 6199, brand new ground level condo. I'm going to be there for an open house on Monday between 6 and 8 p.m. Okay. I'm going to do an evening one. So uh, come after work, come and say hi. There's another new listing I wanted to put out there. Okay, so uh, lots of, of new listings. And are all of those at johnny1percent.com? People can get a, a bit of a preview just by popping over to the website? Absolutely. Go to johnny1percent.com. Go to my 3D tours page. All the information, the floor plans, the 3D mapping of the house is there. Take a good look and then give me a call and come and see some of these. These are good listings. Interesting stuff. Any Anything left on the myth list, John, that you didn't get to that we decided to bust uh, throughout the program this afternoon? Well, you know, I do get a lot of uh, calls from people who are just a little bit concerned that how can you do this? It sounds too good to be true. Sure. So I guess if I had to add another myth to it that is it's not true, people will say this doesn't make sense. I've just quoted... $40,000 commission. John quoted me a $20,000 commission. I don't understand how this can be true. Especially uh, uh, with quoting me a commission figure significantly lower than the competition and yet offering at, ex- at the same time precisely the same level of service that the competition was offering. I would say so. And each agent has different ways of marketing and that sort of thing. So I never say it's precisely the same. Right, in fact, right. oftentimes I think I do a better job than a lot of my competition, but I, I might be biased mm-hmm. in, in that regard. Uh, the point is I just do the best I can at all times. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, 
the uh, well, it's just the the, the notion that uh, a higher fee automatically means better service. Not necessarily. That's the bottom line with the one percent realty business model itself, John. That's right. Provide the clients, your customers, your buyers and sellers, with the best possible service at a at a at, a, at an attractive rate that they can enjoy savings with. And as you mentioned, you work with a lot of young families. And if a young family, especially with little kids and, and you know, all these growing tribulations and, and trials of, of raising a young family, if you're selling a home and you can save yourself ten or fifteen or even $20,000 to a young family, that's a lot of money, especially cash, that they can do immediate important things with. And that makes the difference sometimes between being able to buy the next property that you really want yeah. or, or not. So, you know, having a good down payment right now is very important. And uh, again, just to repeat myself, if you're considering selling and maybe you're someone who's thought, boy, these commissions are, are getting kind of high, or maybe my neighbor paid a certain amount of commission when they sold and it seemed kind of crazy to me, I just want you to know that you do have an option. And that option is not one where you have to give up service and quality and, and result and all that sort of stuff. You want to get the best results and you want a good agent. And that's where I come in. Johnny 1%. I'm sowing the seeds of value through the real estate community and I'm available. All right. Uh, we only have a minute left and I want to go right back to where we started the show with your up- update of yes. the marketplace and the fact that the market is, it's a little slower. Yes. And a lot of people are studying back on the fence, off the fence, on the fence. And so when you go through those phases of we're ready to sell, no, not quite. Okay, let's try it. You you have a price in mind. But maybe the price you were going to sell it for or thought you could get six months ago might not apply now. In a very few short seconds, tell us the importance of a current evaluation. A current evaluation is key. If you've got an evaluation in the past, definitely update it. Call your agent back and say, hey, I'm think- if you're thinking of selling, of course, what do we do today? Because maybe what he might have told you, he or she might have told you six months ago might not apply. Right. If you don't have an agent that you're working with, you might call me to do the same thing. Because when you hit the market, you are competing and you are looking to attract the right buyers and you need to be priced appropriately. You need to have a strategy hitting the market and you really need to know how to make put your best foot forward. And those are things that I will consult with you with. And uh, I'm available for that anytime. All right. Now, here's the number. You can call him because he's done. 604-612-0080. All the good information there at johnny1percent.com. Thanks, John Carlson. We'll thanks. catch up to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Sterling. And once again, our thanks to John Carlson from 1% Realty for another very informative visit. Next Saturday, you'll meet John Schelling from TLS Financial Services and the world-class dentists from BC Perio will be back as well. Time now for Duly Noted. And today, our producer, Ben Dooley, looks at the Canada Revenue Agency scam call. Thanks, Sterling. Over the last couple of weeks, the Canadian Revenue Agency scammers have been targeting me. Last week, I decided to phone one of them back and record our conversation to see how it went. Welcome to CRA Collection Center, just so that you are aware. This call will be recorded for monitoring and legal purposes. Just stay connected while one of our tax agents answers your call. Investigation Division of the Canada Revenue Agency, how can I help you? What's your name? Why do you need my name? Why can't you give it to me? Why do you, why do you need my name? Uh, wh- why can't you give me your name? Hello? It's important to note the Canadian Revenue Agency will never contact you via phone 
Instead, they will send you a letter instructing you to contact them. If you have any doubts about the legitimacy of the person you're talking to, it's a good idea to ask them simple questions, like their name, and if they can't give you an answer, that's a pretty good sign that the person you're talking to is not legitimate. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Well, thank you, Ben. Very timely advice there. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before we have to go. We told you last week about Tim Horton's new strategy of adding the all-day breakfast to its menu this summer. That's a response to McDonald's, A&W, Burger King, and others getting into that part of the game that's proving to be successful. As a direct mar- a result rather, of these marketing changes, egg sales in Canada are soaring. McDonald's is reporting egg sales increases of 25% in the last year, and that's because of those all-day breakfasts, which have turned out to be hugely popular and to the tune of 35 million more eggs. In the same 12 months, egg sales across the board are up close to 7% in Canada. This all comes with new health information about eggs, which have had a bumpy ride over the years, even to the point of being declared unhealthy as recently as 10 or 15 years ago. Well, now, nutritionists, doctors, and organizations like the Heart and Stroke Foundation are saying eggs are just fine and, in fact, are good to eat because they have no salt, no fat, no sugar, just protein. The only warnings they have are to do with what you eat with your eggs, and the advice remains. Stay away from foods with saturated and trans fats, and you should be okay. Now, as long as we're talking about good food, the folks up at the Sea to Sky Gondola on the way to Squamish have lined up some seafood boils this summer that will make your taste buds delirious and give you a chance to enjoy a view that just takes your breath away. Beginning in just a few weeks on July 12th and continuing every Thursday through the summer, you'll be able to enjoy some of BC's finest and freshest seafood from the patio on top of the gondola ride. A real treat for us locals and a very special treat for our out-of-town summer visitors. All the details are at seatoskygondola.com. And finally, a word of warning from four hipsters from Britain, where a new study from Bathroom Takeaway revealed 40% of British women said they wouldn't date someone who isn't clean-shaven, and 61% said a lack of facial hair simply didn't bother them. Other survey findings, 13% of British men struggle to even grow a beard. And when one male model experimented with different looks on Tinder to find out which were considered the most attractive, including a full beard and a goatee, he considered he discovered rather the most matches were from pictures of him clean-shaven. The company that commissioned the survey is in the business of men's skincare products and points to a huge growth in their that area of their business. Is this a forecast of the death of the beard? I don't think so. But for some men, it may have the effect of cleaning up their act, something they've been promising to do for quite a while. But for the be brave, don't shave crowd, not so much. Those are some of the week's top consumer stories. And that is our edition of Vancouver Consumer for this Saturday afternoon. Join us next Saturday at 2 right here on 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.